let's play a game. Um, just a little disclaimer of sorts before we start this episode. Um, first and foremost, I, uh, was very much sick during, uh, the recording of this episode, um, as per every year, being that, you know, I run a daycare out of home. Um, I get sick, and this was literally the week in which that happened. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's even two or three times a year, which is uh, great for me, and I love it. Um, so there's going to be a lot of coughs and hacking and stuff that... Um, probably isn't the best for radio but you know it's in there and i'm sorry uh so apologies for that secondly and more importantly um uh toward the end of the episode i actually ran out of room on my sd card i don't know if this is uh due to like fragmentation or whatever but used to i could get about two hours on the card that i'm using and these days it seems like right around the hour and 30 ish minute uh, mark, uh, it just stops recording. So I don't know what's going on. Um, I looked down at one point, noticed that it just was no longer recording. And so this episode is going to, uh, pretty well abruptly just stop. Uh, that isn't to say that we don't have a great, you know, hour and 30 ish minutes of conversation about fantasy star four, because certainly we do, but, the last 10 or 15 minutes or so that, you know, the three of us were uh, talking about this game are not there. And that's just, you know, the nature of things. But, uh, you got what you got. And, uh, yeah. So I, I apologize. At least I have something to show for it. Um, Nothing really I could do outside of trying to re-record this episode, which really isn't in the cards. So, get what you get. I'm, I'm not even sure exactly when it ends. Um, I'm going to record another, like, little thing saying goodbye at the end of the episode because none of us were able to actually say, like, hey, goodbye, and you can check me out here and there or whatever else. So, I'll record a you know, thing at the end of the episode as well to tag on to that. But when it just ends abruptly, I'm sorry. That is just where my recording device, I use a Zoom that, um, or a Zoom rather, that uh, it just decided this is where we're stopping, you know. And normally, again, normally it lasts or has lasted about two hours, but this go round, uh, it was an hour and 38 minutes or so, I believe. And I, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, you get lots of great, uh, commentary about the game regardless. So here we go. Uh, now nah, I started recording. I'm going to give him a, a call right now, I think. Okay.
Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me send him a text message. He, he didn't answer. He didn't answer. That's okay. One second. I'll, <laughs> I'll send him a message. <laughs> Are we still recording? Oh, yeah. All right. This is uh, this is the this good is stuff. It. it is 7.48 my time. I'm just getting my... <coughs> I, I like to time when we start so we don't go crazy with it. Ish. All right. Let me see here. I got fairly far into this game. Um, yeah. I probably should have used the walkthrough sooner. I was trying not to use the walkthrough. I didn't need the walkthrough. And then I got stuck, and I ended up, like, wandering around for, God, two or three hours. And then I finally got the walkthrough, and I was like, oh, son of a bitch. That's where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. And now, now I'm sliding right through the game again. Right on. Well, we'll get into it. He just responded, yeah. so I'm going to call him again. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, let's do that. Hey, man. Is there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, what's Hello. happening? Hey, what's going on? Not much. That's James. Yeah, it works. We're all here. <laughs> we got the band together. How you doing? I I know it's super late over where you're at, Alex. Uh, 10.50. Um, hey, could you wait, like, four or five minutes and then call me again? Yeah. Because you said, like, 11, so I'm sorry. No problem. All right, cool. All yeah, right. hit me in, like, four minutes, all right? Cool. Okay, bud. Bye. All right, bye. He was very echoey on my end. Was he? He sounded pretty good on know. mine. Okay, well, that's all that matters. I mean, as far as phones go. You know, it's better yeah, yeah. than sound like a robot through Discord. I'm I'm debating on whether or not to delete all this or just to leave it all in. <laughs> and you and I can just I like gab for four minutes real quick and then call him. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. I don't really want to get into the game without him. That feels bad. No, no, no. no uh, yeah. so Stan Lee died. I know. How tragic is that? Well, I mean, how old was the guy? Yeah, it's that's not really tragic, but it still sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I met him, so. Well, yeah, good on you. I, I don't believe I ever did, so that's I've got a comic book now. I just appreciate it in value a little bit. Oh. Sell it, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I had something signed by him at one point. I used to have a bunch of comics and stuff, but I got rid of most of what was uh, worth anything. You know, I had some uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith signed stuff, I know, and uh, I don't remember. That's cool. Yeah, just stuff I had buddies sign at cons and things. And since they were going, I think I may have had a couple of things signed by Stan, but I, I don't remember. It's been so long. The only comics he, I... His, Go ahead. I was saying, he had a pretty interesting life. I've seen a few documentaries on him and Marvel. Yeah, uh, yeah. He served in World War Two. <clears throat> yeah? Yeah, him and Dr. Seuss are in the same unit. Oh, I didn't know that. That's kind of... Drawing cartoons together, trying to pep up the boys, fighters. Mm. Uh, forgive me if uh, I sound a little off. I've been sick the last few days. In fact, I'll probably be 
sniffling and blowing my nose throughout this thing. It's going to sound like crap to everyone involved, but, you know, whatever. Never. Nah, Never. Well, I'm just saying, man. I got some of my uh, my friends now are listening to this. They, like, I don't know, they found out through different channels that I had a podcast, and now people that I work with are like, hey, listen to you. <laughs> so, I'm sure they. I'm, oh man, I'm surprised. So hey, Shrog. Hey, Cameron. How you guys doing? Right. I'm surprised <laughs> more students don't listen and like go. Oh my gosh, you know, Mr. Milholland is cussing and whatnot on his show. Uh, a few do listen, and I, that's why you know I do try and tame myself a little bit. If, I don't know if you've noticed. Sometimes I get ramped up, but yeah, uh, I, mean, I do try to curb myself a little bit but i try as well i mean there's a lot of taboo subjects and stuff that you really uh you can't touch yeah. on a podcast about video games and I've, I've learned both the uh the easy and the hard way with that you uh, know uh, like you know classically uh my reviews or my views on religion and stuff i probably should have never bought, brought that up or my p- political uh views or any, i mean any number of things you don't know what's gonna piss people off you no, know yeah you don't, they, you don't want to alienate part of your audience yeah and, you know they like you, you just fine and then yeah. they're like oh my god he thinks this guy's an idiot or you know yeah. whatever and then they quit listening and i get it people uh have a hard time listening to things where uh, people disagree with them you know and I, I think that's part of the problem right now that we're having is it's so easy to join these groups on social media and stuff uh, with people that only share your opinions, and then you feel like you're in the right because you're surrounded by all these people that are yeah. just parroting the the stuff that you're saying and not challenging any of your thoughts at all. And uh, I've, I've always believed in open discourse, and you know whether or not I believe you're right, I'll, I'll listen to what it is you have to say and make a decision based on that rather than you know close you out entirely and yeah i I just it's part of this generation that i I worry about but eh, they'll probably die of uh, heat death or something anyway so yeah how how is that too in uh in california the um not great man you can't go outside right now anywhere the fires are about 90 miles north, or got over 100 miles north of us. Yeah. It's just so smoky around here. They don't recommend you go outside for, <laughs> at all. There was a thing Saturday, if you were outside for, I think it was like one hour, it was the equivalent of smoking like a pack of cigarettes or something ungodly like that. Oh, that's fun. So, they advised everyone to stay inside. So, I have been inside. They canceled uh, a lot of schools. My school, no, but a lot of like colleges have been canceled. A lot of football oh, games damn. are canceled. Jeez. So, yeah, I knew you were. Serious shit close but not in the thick of it kind of thing so yeah yeah i'm in the urban area that's taking place in more of the rural area yeah well it just sucks so it sucks and southern california too is getting hit pretty bad that's getting hit in the urban area though nice malibu is in trouble like celebrities homes are in jeopardy oh no jamie kennedy well, the Kardashians. Where you fall? There we are, them. getting into politics now. We just alienated half our. Yeah, friends. everyone's like, you don't like Kim Kardashian? Get out of here! <laughs> My Get wife the... loves them. Oh no! Oh. Oh yeah, it's perfect though. She starts watching that stuff, and I can start playing like you know my 3ds. I mean, it's one thing. Like I, I could, I could watch it the same way I could watch like Jersey Shore or something. It's like. A train wreck. Watching a car accident, yeah. Yeah, you know, or Honey Boo Boo, that shit. It's like, I can't look away. It's utter trash, you know, but, 
You, I don't go looking for it, but yeah, like once it's on, I'm like, my God. I get why it's popular, you know, um, in a way, but yeah, I can't agree with any, almost anything Kanye and Kardashian yeah. and Kim have like want and say and. I can't believe some of the stuff that they stand, it just boggles my mind. But you uh-huh. know, whatever. Whatever. Again, we're getting into politics. People are like, Oh, you hate Kanye? No, Kanye's great. Yeah. For you know, as far as a rapper and a musician, I think he's a musical genius and I don't even like rap particularly, but yeah, I can see talent. Um, this last album notwithstanding, that whole thing on the back of the motorcycle and I don't know what that was about. Uh, if, if you hadn't seen that video, do yourself a favor. Him and Kim. Kanye came to Sacramento, then quit his show after two songs. So we're still, oh yeah, still a little touch and go around here with him right now. Hmm. Okay. So maybe he started the uh, the fires. Maybe. Well, that was a while ago. It was, it was like a year ago. Oh, but. the slow burn. Cut is still fresh. Gold digger. I, I got nothing. <laughs> A little burn. Oh, Kanye. Uh, I like that he can poke fun at himself and stuff, though. I, I do, you know, I, I, I respect that sort of thing. But, gosh, just the ego of that guy is just incredible. He does love uh, video games, though. Oh, well, hey. Yeah, he was going to. Yeah, he was going to name his next album um, uh, Blazing Lasers or something or uh, TurboGrafx 16 or something like that. And it was, I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, because he loved the Dreamcast yeah. or not Dreamcast, the uh, TurboGrafx 16 and whatnot. So, uh, I think he might be ready now. I don't know. And it's not quite. We can just keep gabbing. Anything okay. else going on in life? Oh, man, not much. You know, I'm throttling down a lot of my responsibilities so I can throttle up a little bit more on the gaming. That's always kind of a good thing. David's yeah. doing well. Danielle's doing well. So. Hmm. Getting ready to enter into you know winter season, which is kind of a nice change. It's been hot, hotter than heck here the last all through October. Only going okay. get below eighty ever. So now we're ready. I'm gonna add him to the call again. Hello. Hey. Oh, hey, buddy. Um, let me see if I can get this all good. <laughs> okay. Because I answered your call. I think I hung up on James. Oh, no. Yeah, because I'm a jerk. <laughs> now, I wouldn't believe that for a second. No, it's true. Unless. There you are. Yeah, but I was trying to merge calls. It hangs up on one of you, and then... Yeah. So we're all here? We're all here, I hope. I think. Okay. Oh, cool, cool. Hey, we did it. <laughs> hey, everybody. We've yep. been talking about random non-issue stuff for the last 10 minutes. I think I'm just going to leave it all in. Yeah, leave it all in. Yeah, it's not interesting at all, but that's fine. So, uh... <laughs> That's it's, how it always starts, though. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, the, the, these days, yeah. Used to, we would just do an intro and like try and go right into the show, but we threw that out the window like what a year and a half ago or something. Well, yeah, because we don't talk too often anymore, so we have to, you know, catch up. And sometimes we actually talk about something interesting. Yeah, we were just talking about how James is like 90 miles from the fires that are going on and staying outside oh, for an yeah, hour. Oh, that's uh, 
yeah. some crazy, dangerous stuff going on. Yeah. It is very smoky. Mm-hmm. It's tough to. He can't go outside right now. Jeez, you uh, the way the wind is blowing there, you're uh, safe or no? Like, are you yeah, actually in a danger zone or something? No, nah, we're way far away. But I have a lot of friends that uh, lost their houses and or have fled from their houses. So it is, it is no good. It's no joke, man. No joke. <laughs> Fire's scary. I'm trying to convey that to Caroline because we just started uh, building fires in our fireplace here um, after having not done so when she was little and stuff. And now that she's five, we trying to drill it into her that, you know, don't touch this. It's very pretty and cool, but don't mess with it. But she's like so enamored with it. I'm worried she's going to go down there and open uh-huh. it up and poke around in there and stuff. So. Because I did when I was her age, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, we drilled it into her. I don't know. Had a whole thing with her today. She was acting real bad. We ended up having to take away her TV and give her a uh, took away her TV that like her smart TV because she was getting on YouTube and watching utter trash. So <laughs> we took that away uh. and gave her a old CRT. And it's a 32-inch CRT, and yeah. and she's like, I don't want that TV. That TV's small. And the whole time, I'm going, you know what I grew up with? This is, I upgraded to 32 inches when I was in my 20s. And, right. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, she doesn't even know. Back, I mean, we're all of, like, an old enough age where we could go back and remember playing our first, like, regular Nintendo system or something on, like, an 18-inch and being grateful for it. So mm-hmm. a 32 was, like, you know, something you dreamt about. And then here she is, like, no. Yeah, five. Yeah. Just it owns the world. Yeah, I my first TV that I had in my own room, I bought with uh, my own money. It had a UHF switch on it. It was in black and white. It was 13 inches, and that's what I played video games on for years. Um, I think the first one I had solo in my room was like an 18-incher, and it was, <laughs> yeah, that UHF switch. And, you know, back when games were played on Channel 3 or 4 or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> people don't yeah. remember that either. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it was I still do I still have a CRT in my room that I oh well of course with your collection yeah. yeah that I hook up all the old systems to and I still turn it to channel 3 and for Super Nintendo Nintendo Genesis Sega CD um a bunch of the newer stuff if I play it on there like I, the newest system I play on the CRT is uh, Wii and I have to turn it to like I think S video for that but yeah but yeah yeah my uh, my collection is out of control i don't i don't even know what i'm gonna do i'm looking around this room and like i've got wires literally everywhere at this point (laughs) i don't even have a third of the systems hooked up like i've got all the modern systems hooked up and then i usually have one or two retros hooked up at any given time but I just, I ran out of room. You know, I'm in a standard. So this collection of yours, I mean, it's not very organized then, is it? Like, uh, it, just it's stuff is everywhere, or you got things in, like, alphabetical order? Or yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, okay. I, I have everything, if I have a collection of games that's over, say, 100 in any given, you know, like, I've got, I don't know, 490 or actually it's more than that i think i've got like 520 now nes games they're all in uh alphabetical order but i only have like 20 dreamcast games so they're just on a shelf together you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. but they all are together on shelves i have six bookcases on the ground 
and then <laughs> five one let me see one two three four yeah five bookcases on top of those bookcases that hold the games or the majority of them i also have mm. a a shelf that holds all my um Game Boy Advance games that's in one corner and then I've got a chest of drawers that I want to get rid of but the damn thing's too heavy and it's just holding too much that has a, another bookshelf on top of it that holds all my game manuals and several boxed systems that I have and then inside the drawers themselves are various systems so like one drawer is all like handhelds and one drawer has like my two Saturns and one drawer is a Jaguar and a Genesis and so on and so forth Jeez, I haven't even heard of a Jaguar in forever. I haven't played one in forever. Um, <laughs> it's utter trash. I don't know. It's one of those things that I ha- and I have hundreds of them like that, dude. Where it's like, why do I, why don't I sell this? You know. Um, and I've posted some of that stuff. Like I've got these two uh, Magic the Gathering VHSs. Apparently they're worth like 50, 60 bucks. And I don't even have a VCR. So I could realistically sell those and buy something I actually wanted. But mm, that's not happening. Same with the Jaguar. I think they're like 150 bucks now or something. And I, I haven't even tested it in five years. You know, I bought it. I played all the games that night. And then I put it back. So that was the last yeah. time I did anything <laughs> with it. <laughs> And I, I, the only reason I bought it, I found it for 40 bucks, and it came with what was supposed to be the best game for the system, which is Alien vs. Predator, which is not a great game. Not very <laughs> It's not that great. Well, lesson learned. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it, it had innovations, but, um, or I guess holdovers. It had like a, those things that you plugged over the controller that would map out exactly what it was, like on Alien vs. Predator. Oh, wow. I remember those, yeah. Yeah. They had that kind of stuff, which. Uh, is, that wasn't the only system that did that though right there was one right. that had buttons that looked like a telephone pad kind of like a three by three or something the ColecoVision yeah I'm looking I've got a boxed ColecoVision in front of me <laughs> and that's another one I bought and I haven't played since the day I bought it <laughs> one of everything <laughs> well I've got a I've got a, as far as Coleco goes I found a guy here about three years ago that was looking to sell all of his childhood systems and he had a boxed Coleco uh, a, a Coleco expansion model 2 a Coleco expansion model 3 the 2 is like the steering wheel that comes with turbo 3 actually turns your ColecoVision into a 2600 so you can play 2600 games through your ColecoVision um, which is wild. That'd be like being able to play Genesis games on your Super Nintendo, you know? Yeah, how was that legal back then? <laughs> I, I don't think it was, but the, it was a gray area at the time. Yeah. And then the he also had a uh, boxed Nintendo and several boxed games, and he didn't have a price at all for it. He was just trying to get rid of it. And he asked me how much I thought it was worth, and I told him realistically he could get uh, $300 off eBay quickly for something like that if he was just looking to drop it quick. And he says, well, if you give me 300 bucks, I'll give it to you. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Let me talk to the wife. And she said, get it if you want it. So that's how I ended up with literally every ColecoVision game I own. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just Nazi. I really wanted the box Nintendo, though. I didn't have a actual box Nintendo. And now I've got, what? four old Nintendos, I think. Whatever. (laughs) And I literally haven't played one of those since Shadowgate, so... (laughs) And I already told James, but I'm very under the weather. I'm like day three on this sickness flu thing. Yeah, I hear (laughs) it. Sorry, guys. I'm, uh... 
I'm not in a good place. Yeah, there's there's no other time to record, so it's like, this is it. (coughs) Excuse me. Anyway, we're all here to talk about um, Fantasy Star 4, which Uh, I believe is Alex's favorite RPG. Oh, it's it's up there, man. If not the favorite, then close to it, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's another one. Um, much like the Shining Force Two thing, where I haven't even touched it in quite a while, and I still know it pretty well. Right. I, I imagined as much. That's why we kind of wanted you on this show too, because I, I didn't know like how well it would hold up. I hadn't played it in like fifteen years. Didn't know how far I would get into it It, i ended up getting pretty much uh to the end of the (laughs) game (laughs) that was literally the first question i had in my mind today i was like did they pull a final fantasy 8 and not actually finish it this time around or what happened no no um i don't know how far james got i know he got pretty far well i didn't use the walkthrough so i was i played about 10 hours and then i got my walkthrough out and realized that i I haven't i got about a fourth away maybe i got the sand the sandworm um okay that might even be a fourth that's like that's always like a big pivotal point yeah that's about like a fourth of the way through the game yeah i've been grinding a lot and i've been uh it's a good game though so far but yeah I've, i've played at least 10 hours and that's where i am is this your first playthrough this is my first playthrough. I think I rented uh, this game when I was a kid, like, you know, way too young. Okay. And messed around, but this is it, so I'm I'm having a ball. And Blaine, you first playthrough or second or what? No, no. I, I played this a bunch when I was a kid. Um, it was, to me at the time, it was every bit as good as, uh, like, Chrono Trigger or whatever. It was, like, the one thing you could point at the Genesis and be like, you know, this is... Uh, the reason to own the Genesis, that and Shining Force and a couple others, but like it was really oh, sh- absolutely Shining Force Two and and James, uh, son David, welcome to the podcast. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah, they were they were great. They um, you know a lot of people think that the Genesis didn't. You know, I, I hear it all the time. From people, oh, it didn't really have any uh, RPGs for it, and I think well, yeah, you just weren't digging deep enough. And slander, <laughs> yeah, because it had some really good ones. It had a lot of like tertiary ones that I, I will still argue for. I like the Land Stalker, uh, you know, Light Crusader, um, you know, all that stuff. But uh, this, this is the creme de la creme, and uh, I, I think it holds up. I mean, the only thing it doesn't hold up against the super nintendo counterparts is graphically it's not quite as good um but the graphics are fine it's still a very beautiful game in its own right like the the sprites are a little elongated and kind of weird looking compared to say your chrono trigger which is more chibi or whatever (coughs) excuse me but yeah this playthrough i got to right about seth before uh, i ended up quit playing Uh. so (laughs) I got, tricky bastard. I know, right? I mean, it's immediate, immediately. The guy joins your party, and he has, like, all dark magic and shit, and you're like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are the things that the enemies use. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. That's, uh... Hmm. But, yeah, he ends up being uh, another incarnation of Dark Force. Which, this playthrough, I had something very interesting happen to me that never happened before. And okay. And Good I didn't... Tell. Yeah, I didn't know it was even possible, man. It was like, uh... The first time, I guess the only time, that you fight a Zeo, right? 
and you get to them and you have like this pseudo epic battle well i wasn't nearly like i hadn't been grinding at that point it's still relatively early in the game and um i was pretty low and i didn't expect like i don't have the dungeons memorized from 15 years ago or whatever and i didn't think i was anywhere close to zeo and i ended up getting in the fight and i was already kind of like beat down wasn't ready for it so we start fighting and uh i win the fight but the only character i had left was demi and I don't, yeah. I don't know how your memory is, but right after the Zeo fight, Demi leaves the party <laughs> to, uh. to like hook up to the machinery and like take over Zervis or whatever <clears throat> or yep. nervous. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how's this going to work? And like, it went through the cut scenes and everything. I'm like, okay, this is working. And then like, it let me walk around. So I like teleported out and it let me enter a town. But as soon as I entered the town, it glitched out, said Chaz and his friends uh, all perished or whatever. And then immediately. Oh. <laughs> I was like, man. <laughs> oh, get wrecked. Yeah, no, um, th- that's something that this game definitely has more of than a lot of other uh, titles in its era is just glitches, mm-hmm. things that um, definitely weren't programmed properly. But, um, you know, the, the counterpoint to that is I would say it adds to quite a bit of the game's charm um, because it, it really isn't a smooth playing title. Like, so many games nowadays are so like tutorialized and self-explanatory and easy to easy to read but this definitely makes you work for it and if you could get through all the hard parts and things that make it difficult and odd then there's definitely like a really good um enjoyable experience underneath that oh for sure and this is the first game that i can think of outside of like maybe pc titles that had the whole macro system um, <clears throat> excuse me, but yeah, it's incredible, you know, something of this, uh, vintage to have, you know, you set up your little attacks and stuff and you, you can kind of customize it in the way that, um, there are certain attacks that can, uh, I believe 12 total that can cause these like super attacks kind of like a la Chrono Trigger did later where, um, <clears throat> I think I'll it was later. There. Was Chrono Trigger? Did it, it was after this, right? This was ninety four or something. But um, is there anywhere anywhere that explains like what magic works with each other? Because I, <laughs> I discovered that by accident. That's part of the fun. <laughs> James. Listening to him ask that question just brings back so many memories. <laughs> Not just that, but like, oh, what did the what do these things do? You know, you really have to play a lot of uh, not Shining Force, Fantasy Star, to be like, okay, uh, what is res and what is bros, and you know, there's all these like yeah. weird effects that you do, and you go, I have no what? idea what just happened. <laughs> yeah, what? I mean, that kind of makes electricity, sense. Electricity. Yeah. It's like electricity, you know. Do you lose magic as you progress? Can you only hold four spells? Because I swear... No. Watt disappears. You get more than four. Why did I... I swear I'm using Han and Watt is no longer an option. Maybe I have to scroll over or something like that. Left and right, I believe. Yeah, Yeah, okay. I didn't even... I've been going... Yeah, now that that I say it out loud. Try a simple solution. Okay. Yeah. Now, you, you retain all your magic and... You okay. have, like, magic and techniques, which is kind of nice, and they both kind of act the same way, except that magic takes 
a certain amount of MP or whatever it is they call it on this. And then mm-hmm. um, the techniques you can use a certain amount, certain of, amount times. of times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them are like identical to actual spells like hewn is just another wind spell like Xan and it will work in several of the combinations like if a spell requires a wind and a fire spell you can create the same effect by using a technique that is wind with a spell that is fire or whatever but okay yeah. But yeah, there's it 12... took me way too long oh, go ahead. I was just saying there was 12 combinations of uh, of those things and some of them are very... I don't believe that's correct, uh, actually. It, there's 11, and they said there was 12? Is that what it was? No. <laughs> um, they claim that there are 15, but only 14 were actually, like, made available officially. Right. And that there was another one that was, like, lost somewhere. Um, but even further down that road, speaking of all the glitches I mentioned before, I've actually... Um, <laughs> If you like search into the darkest corners of the web, understand that they're upwards closer to 18 now. Um, not none of which actually might have like a very different or like dramatically changed effect, but are like named differently, but like perform similarly. Okay. So like, um, not to mention that entire system is just like completely whacked out of its mind. Like you're asking like you know, how does it work and, you know, that you stumbled mm-hmm. upon it? Well, congratulations, because just about everybody else did as well. Um, like, try attack is pretty, you it's know, awesome. the first one you get that, you know, when, when you first get that, you're like, I need to find more of these because you just wipe out everything in front of you, no problem. And um, it's, sorry to tell you, it's a big uphill battle after that because all the techniques that you have to pair together, a lot of them don't even make sense. Yeah, like in how they work or how they're supposed to be paired and even more importantly like if you do have the correct combinations they don't always work right that's the part that sucks well well, i'm reading i'm reading on this walkthrough and it says some of them you have to perform in a certain order yeah so if your guys aren't positioned in a certain but you'll you'll set up a macro for that and then you'll hit it and sometimes it'll work and sometimes it just won't yep seemingly um some of them are notoriously like more difficult yeah i remember one called black hole that i literally tried to just do like 11 times in a row just to see the animation being a fan of the game i wanted to know what it was yeah and then it finally happened i was like okay cool like so glad i had to like (laughs) try that so many times to make it work but yeah that's just uh like i was saying part of the problems of the game that keep you loving it if you're willing to go through everything to see it but yeah part of its charm another pro tip to anyone that plans on playing the game and i i mentioned this in discord is there are certain vehicles in the game that you get and i guess you just put them in your pocket somehow and you can uh (laughs) i don't know it's just an item it's kind of like the bicycle in pokemon you use it and all of a sudden you're on the damn thing but these aren't a bicycle these are like these giant tank looking things and uh, uh-huh. w- when you're in them, you can travel the overhead map, but uh, you'll still get into random encounters, but you fight as the the battle tech or whatever machine that you're in. And <clears throat> that's cool, uh, except that if you die while in the thing, you just die. Your whole party dies, and they're incredibly weak, honestly. <laughs> like You can get taken out pretty quick, especially in the Ice Digger. Um, there are some enemies that can take you out in just a couple of hits. So Really? 
Oh yeah. See, I, I never had that experience. Like I uh, always seem to think that they weren't even fights like um unless you spent a particularly prolonged amount of time out there like looking for trouble for too long no. maybe it's a come but i think the ice digger was like the hardest of the three that you pilot but the other two it's like just an invincibility mode basically oh yeah i had a lot of trouble with the ice digger i believe i died twice it may have even been three times because there's um there's like some incredibly easy enemies that you can just shoot, shoot with your normal attack and kill them. But then uh, there's this other enemy that'll come up occasionally. <clears throat> and if there's three of them and they all attack, you can die that round. And none of your skills, the napalm or the uh, gravity shot, will kill all of them in one shot. So if they manage to hit you in the right order or with a crit or whatever it is uh, it'll just kill you outright and there is no healing while you're in the ice digger or any of these other vehicles they heal in between rounds um, like if you win a fight then you get in your next fight you'll have full health again but your skills will be diminished so hey are the uh, fantasy star games uh, connected to one another yes very much yes so. and no <laughs> yes and no yeah. yeah, some of them. Um, it, it's one, two, three, actually and four. really hard. Yeah, um, the second one, if you actually read the plot of the second one, which I wouldn't suggest you do until you're done playing through four, um, you'll actually notice that they're very closely related. They're almost identical. Like, mm -hmm. um, for anybody that saw, like, the first of the newer star Wars movies and then has also seen new hope everyone's like oh it's like the same plot like yeah it's kind of like that gotcha yeah and they they make a lot of callbacks like i know you've already met uh rune at this point in the game and rune is yeah, the um well james i think said he was only like to the uh, first sandworm and uh, rune is actually kind of like the reincarnation in a sense that of a character from previous games, uh, Lutz, and he, he puts his all of his memories into a new vessel so that he can essentially be immortal, so that his knowledge will travel throughout the ages. And then, like mm. Alice, who you know at the beginning of the game, and I don't, I think you probably no, you probably haven't got to that point yet. But uh, speaking of Alice, she she was in a previous game too, but uh, not the same character, but the same name. Um, they're connected it was as well. spelled differently too, I think, right? right? It was an I instead of a Y yeah, to like yeah. differentiate them. Yeah. But effectively the same character. And uh, that's another thing. I think this is the first game where they, I mean, I guess Final Fantasy 2, they killed off Tella. But I, that wasn't like particularly sad. It was, but it wasn't, you know, they were killing everybody in Final Fantasy 2 and then immediately bringing them back. So, mm -hmm. like, the whole time I'm thinking, ah, oh, Tello will get resurrected or something. Like, it didn't hit as hard. In this game, Alice dies. And Yeah, so you just ruined that for him. That's great. Well, I... I I did that. I looked ahead. Okay. Yeah, they pull a Game of Thrones pretty hard, yeah. And, you know, I didn't see it coming first play. Uh, this was something relatively new to kill a main character off and just they're gone, you know. Yeah. And not just uh, a main character, but she at that point is probably... Uh, yeah, probably your best character. Um, she has the attack that yeah. can hit everyone. And Easily. Yeah. She's pretty well-rounded. Actually... 
I think Rune was more powerful overall. Yeah. Once you get him, but the, as far as the other two go, for sure. Pro tip for Rune: two shields. Uh, <laughs> this goes for Han too. Uh, don't bother. Ooh, really? Yeah, don't bother equipping them with weapons. They suck at attacking. Give them two shields so they can actually live. Um, <laughs> Gonna drive them broke. Yeah, yeah, poor Han, that poor bastard. Yeah, every time you turn around, it's uh, it'll cost you another two hundred dollars, and he's like, ah, my tuition money or whatever, you know. My yeah, life exactly. savings. I love that. From uh, hundred to five hundred. Yeah, and you know you're making this that more than that, you know, per fight at that point. So it's like, yeah, you know, but it's still funny. It's uh, it is serves serves as comic relief. Now. um you haven't got to him yet and you haven't got through the whole game, James, but, uh, for Alex and I, uh, I, and I think anyone that plays the game at the end of the game, you're, you're forced to play with four characters. Those characters being, Oh gosh, let me see if I can remember. It's Ren Chaz. Um, come on Rika and rune. And then you're given a choice of the fifth character out of some of these other characters that have, uh, joined you throughout the game. And there's one character in this game that I think anyone that's ever played it, uh, is, <laughs> yep. he is just, it's like, he's easy mode. He's the best character in the game by like, not even close. He is so awesome. Um, and that character is my, my Namek friend. Cause he looks just like a damn Namek from Dragon Ball Z, uh, is Raja. And he's, he's effectively, he's like a priest, but, what doesn't that guy do? You know what I mean? He's got like, he's got a technique that does like massive amounts of damage in, uh, the Saint fire. He's got a technique that will actually like heal your MP, you know, which is crazy. He's got one that just brings everybody back to life. And then he's got all kinds of just MP for days and all the best healing spells. Uh, incredible characters so yeah if if you pick it anyone at the end of the game and it's not raja uh then you're pretty brave you're pretty brave <laughs> if you picked uh what's his name uh grants or grits or whatever gris gris <laughs> the bluebird he already got him yeah, yeah. He, he's not bad you know for when you get him he's like your heavy hitter but he literally doesn't learn anything else I think he learns one more ability called like sweeper which can hit like all enemies but he has like war cry bros which I'm still not sure what bros does I think it like raises agility on everybody or something I really don't know um, and then he's got a sweeper later I think and that's like it man and then he can attack with an axe you know so he's yeah, pretty, he's pretty much just that guy that when you get him, you're like, you know, hit attack on an enemy and watch it get thumped over the head really hard and hope it dies. You know, he's not good for too much past that. So and definitely probably amongst the worst of the choices you could bring into that final battle. He, no, he's definitely the worst because the others actually there's like merit to them, at least like Demi. She has the med all ability and and uh Gosh, what's the other? There's Han. Han, yeah, Han's got some healing abilities and stuff. I mean, and magic. Uh, he sucks too, though. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> the, ultimately, if you're actually looking for like playability, there's only one choice, and it's Raha. Like his um, ability to keep everyone else alive and healthy and like ready to fight 
is beyond compare. Yeah. It's not even close. God, he's so good. And it pisses me off at the, the point in the game, he, he gets sick and you're like, Oh, come on, man. Cause like he, <laughs> he's immediately your best character. It's not like a slow burn, like with rune, like rune rune is like the best character when you first get in because he's like so many levels above you and stuff. But then when you get him back yeah. later, he, he kind of feels like, like a little bitch. He, he dies easily. And like he's got, he very, really is. Yeah. He's got pretty strong magic. Magic, but I mean, you know, he, he that's about he's a one trick pony. Whereas Raja, he like he can take a beating, he can give a beating, he can keep everyone alive, including that bitch Rune. Oh, he's so good, he's so good. And like, I would trade any two characters to have him in my party throughout. Like, that's how good he is. Um, you know, and Chaz is fine, Chaz is your standard, you know, all around guy, and uh, he's the main protagonist. That for some and reason, also a little whiny bitch. He is the worst. He is absolutely <laughs> amongst. The worst. I think he like carries the award for all RPG players as being just the whiniest, little sniveliest like bitch that's ever been the main protagonist of any RPG before. Yeah, that includes Squall. Before you start with me, <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say I would also say squall but squall's more of like a teenage edgy i don't know emo yeah and chaz is just a little turd man like you just constantly (laughs) want to punch him in the face he's (sighs) you saved the universe congratulations yeah, <laughs> he's he still don't like you. <laughs> no, and and Rune chooses him to be the keeper of the sword or whatever it was, and and be the person to take down a dark force and stuff. And it's like, come on, there's there was literally no one else because <laughs> I'm I'm going with Ra, Raja or Raha or whatever. Like, right. give, give him the sword. You know that guy. At least he's I don't know. But yeah, great, great game. And while we're on the subject, uh, you were one of the, and I'm, I don't want to say many, but for, for us, I got a lot of flack when we did our final fantasy eight review and you were one of the ones that I think you just simply sent me a message that said bad episode, didn't like it or something like that. So (laughs) if you want to take a second to defend why you like the travesty that is final fantasy eight, you go right ahead. My absolute favorite thing about that game, all the story aside, and card game aside too, because that has aces. Everyone that's ever touched that card game knows it's amazing. It's great. Um, but my like the actual gameplay, um, I love the GF junction system in that game. I think it's like far and away more unique than like a lot of other rpgs have shown to be so when you're able to get all your you know at the end of a fight you gain ap and you could basically go into your gf's junction system on your characters and like dictate which parts of those gf's guardian forces by the way people um that you want to level you could kind of like make them custom tailored to what you want your character to be doing i just thought that those aspects made that game so enjoyable because for the same reason that like Nick and Brent like Final Fantasy tactics and stuff how you could do that min maxing sure i felt that in this game um because there's like rules it's basically like the movie the matrix or something like if you could abide by the rules then you could do whatever you want 
um one thing comes to mind there's like a uh in the first disc there's a boss battle on a train and it's a zombie like some big nasty zombie dude so if you use a elixir on him elixirs restore full health to anybody using it but obviously on the you know undead it counteracts that so it literally just drains all of their life instead yeah, it's like but, a workaround, you know. But that's uh, having things like demi magic in there, allowing you to do like nine, 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 nine damage to everything before you get them down to like a reasonable amount of health, and like using limit breaks and stuff. It really lets you like focus in on like how you want to abuse the game and fight, and sure. then you could just take it from there. Like that's what I enjoyed about <laughs> it. Drawing the magic out from people—that sucks. Yeah, that's gay. Super annoying can't stand it but like the other aspects of it i really enjoy yeah i um i i have heard that same argument from a lot of people that they love eight because it's one of the final fantasies that they can like break in half the same way you can say uh symphony of night or something like that where you can literally customize it in such a way where you feel like almost like a god and okay i get that as for your point with the uh the elixir dealing damage to something that's like every final fantasy game right I mean, you can beat the ghost train with a phoenix down in three six. You can beat the last boss yeah. of um, it's just Mystic Quest with a cure. That the game like forces you to take notice of. You know, like um, what's that GF called Doom Train, where you could like inflict all the status elements sure. on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the Mar- Marlboro on the the island there. It's like you know. All the status effects are like much more pronounced in this one, I would say, compared to all the ones prior. All the so ones it makes prior. You, like, okay. use, it makes you like really take into account what's going on with those and use them to your ability or to your detriment by the enemy. You know, like they definitely go out of their way to use a lot of those in that game on you. So you got to be prepared for them. You know, things like the uh, the ones that, like, turn you into stone and stuff that you can't just, like, phoenix down and get around. It's like, no, you're stone. You're not coming back, you know? Yeah. I've, the first one that felt like status effects were um, particularly useful to me was 10. Um, that was the one where I yeah. was like, yeah, status actually matters in that. Whereas the ones before that, a lot of the time, you would just, oh, I'm poisoned, and you would just, you know whatever and uh, whatever it's ticking a few damage doesn't yeah, matter but doesn't, yeah doesn't I matter at all 10 is, 10 is very much in the same vein um when it comes to that yeah like blind actually made you miss instead of like well and you know it makes me miss slightly more often you know and stuff like that like on final fantasy 2 yeah. like if i became blind i would just leave it on until i got to an end i didn't care you <laughs> it's know like, screw it yeah. <laughs> just whatever well, 10 went even further with, you know, only certain characters can damage certain enemies, which made that game... Yeah, yeah, that was real cool, cool too. Having like, it much more tactical, yeah. Having yeah, Waka be able to attack enemies. flying stuff, and yeah, it was neat. Yep. Yeah, and for some reason, Seton hates that game. I don't like that game. I, I like love that. 10. I love it. There, yeah. there are things that I hate about it. Um, first and foremost, being Titus or Titus or whatever, like, you know, he's speaking of protagonist little bitches. I mean, yeah, there you go. Never right been a fan of this. <laughs> Uh, oh god <laughs> and lots of plus and minuses to that game a lot of well. people like definitely on the minus column yeah. a lot of people hate waka but i i always just hear bender so i'm all, I'm all good with having like 
Bender be inside the body of some, you know, Hawaiian yeah. guy that loves uh, Blitzball. That's really fine with me. They really screwed up the airship part of that, too. Oh. That big grid. You're <sighs> yeah. That was such a disappointment. How hard is it to just make an overhead map that you can fly over, you assholes? Yeah. Right. Just, oh. Yeah, that was the worst. Okay. Yeah, but- Okay, thanks. But we're talking about <laughs> Fantasy Star 4. I think we've kind of talked uh, everything that I know to talk about it. You know, it's your pretty standard uh, JRPG. Um, it does have battles that uh, look more like Dragon Quest than, say, a Final Fantasy where you see your characters on screen. The difference being when you attack or do any ability, your character will jump to the forefront and actually perform that action, which is awesome. Which is huge. That is Huge. It is. I it is really huge. Otherwise. Yeah, it's. You know, I've I've gotten used to things like Earthbound and Dragon Quest and such that I can I can Catch. deal. Just yeah, I, I can deal with that. I remember playing the original Dragon Warrior and like imagining, you know, when I got a critical mm-hmm. hit, like, oh, I must have cut the wyvern's head off, or you know, I really got that slime, or what, you know, I like using your imagination yeah. in there, but. Uh, seeing the visual visuals is like a thousand times better yeah and some of them are really cool looking too like when rika jumps up there and like double slashes that looks badass you know when she uses that illusion ability and spreads out and hits them all that looks so sick it does look pretty (laughs) cool yeah ah yeah it's that was one of the main points of this game i was going to bring up in like a positive part of it is just the graphics not necessarily like the overhead sprites like you were um, saying yeah those are how it's kind of straight like that you know you have to concede that but as far as the in battle animations go um, they, they sound wise included oh yeah very very good um very like you know new age when it came out but aside from all those things even more importantly and it's more renowned for we have to talk about the cutscenes. Oh my god! Because they're yeah. animated, like you know, full-on comic book-looking cutscenes, yeah. and they are just amazing. Like nobody yeah. played through this game and wasn't in awe watching the story unfold like this. It's really something to behold. Um, I don't know if nostalgia plays a part in that, or if you no, know somebody it's... playing it today will uh, still get the same kind of effect out of it. But you know, back then. It was top of the line, and that's the reason why everybody was, like, getting all hot for this game, you know? Yeah. Uh, we have a guy that literally played the, the game the first time this year. What did you think of the cutscenes, James? They were amazing. I mean, I compare this game to, like, what, Final Fantasy 2 or 2-4 and 3-6, which had none of that. You know, you had your little characters animating on the screen, but this game, you get the close-up, you get the, the great graphics, you get the, the animation's perfect. Yeah, it's tremendous. Hearing it, man. Yeah, no, they they did such a good job on that. Um, it's reminiscent of uh, like Ninja Gaiden when I was a kid. Like, if I'm being 100 percent honest, and I'll probably get some flack for this. Like, Ninja Gaiden in of itself is like not that great a game to me. Like, I agree. It, it's fine. Like, it's a it's a side scroller that like a hundred other games, you know, Shadow of the Ninja and Ninja Gaiden, to me, are the same game, except for the fact that Ninja Gaiden has these fucking cutscenes with this, like, intriguing story, and you want to see the next part of that. And that's what kept me playing. And uh, Fantasy Star 4, in fact, all the uh, Fantasy Stars do it to some extent, but 4 especially, has these, like, just incredibly well-drawn and animated scenes that are all 
but just straight cartoon. Like if this was a modern day CD a game, it would be like a lunar or something, and you'd have like a straight up just anime cutscene. And uh, th- this is as close as you can do on a 16-bit system. And to me, I prefer this over what like the likes of Chrono Trigger and such did, where you know you just have the the on-screen sprites do whatever little animations and laughs and stuff. I mean mm-hmm. that's great too, but to actually see like well-detailed, drawn-out pictures of, like, when Alice passes, that's, like, you know, she she looks rough, man, or, or, you know... And when she got hurt by the thing that makes her pass, too. Like, just seeing that cutscene, you're like, oh, shit. shit. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, even back then, you're like, that wasn't a normal attack. Like, she might actually be in danger right now. Although, when you fight Zeo, like, shortly after... um, he uses that attack as like a normal attack and you're fine, which kind of made me chuckle. So it's like, Oh, Zeo uses whatever it's called dark, whatever. And it's like, okay. And it does like 80 damage and you're good. But after you boop him with the psycho one, that's true. That's true. So maybe that's, uh, maybe that's the, the, uh, defining factor that if maybe if you had had the cycle wand uh, before then Alice wouldn't have got hit so hard yeah and that's true which yeah and and that's another thing I love about the game is you know it, it does the whole thing with uh, items that have other uses and stuff and that wasn't like it was adopted pretty early for Final Fantasy, but a lot of RPGs didn't have that element to it, where like you would have just straight up a sword that you could use as as an item, and it would cast fire, or it would cast hewn, or whatever, and you could even incorporate those into your macros uh, for characters like uh, Grits, or whatever his name is. I don't know. The <laughs> Grizz, bl- I believe, yeah. Grizz, like yeah. G-R-Y-Z. Yeah, he's like a blue owl man. He's... <laughs> Yeah, there are a few different, like, races in this game, and Mm -hmm. they're not all just straight human, you know, like, there's, like, an android race that are made to look relatively human, they're those bird people, they're, um, oh, there's, it's not very limited, it's it's very space-oriented, you actually go around a solar system in this game, Yeah, it's not all taking place on one planet, I mean, we've barely touched on plot, but, um, you only start in a small town, and, you know, like all RPGs, especially in this era, you branch out from that town one thing at a time mm-hmm. as the plot leads you, and it becomes like a, you know, mission to save, like, your entire solar system. So. Right. And you go to, like, outlying satellites and stuff that are man-made. That's how you meet up with Ren, who is uh, another android that joins you, and, and so on yeah. and so forth. And you have the ice planet uh, that you meet up with, uh, Raja or Raha or whatever worth mentioning that this is all taking place in the future where technology is much more advanced than they have uh than we have now yeah even though there are some parts where it's still like an old farmer on like desert land and stuff like trying to make a living like hard work at the same time as that's going on you also have giant artificial satellites in the sky that control the weather on the planet below you know like right which also have a mind of its own because the AI is so advanced, you know, so there's like a full spectrum of um, areas and different kinds of environments that you interact with in the game. Yeah, and I believe the explanation they gave for that is like we got like super far advanced and then we had some like kind of apocalyptic thing happen where we basically destroyed ourselves and then Mm -hmm. ended up reverting back to the, you know, old ways you know raising 
food and cattle and stuff and, you know, manner that we have since the beginning of time. And, you know, we rediscover these uh, old technologies and stuff. And some of them were still running and some of them are not and so on and so forth. And so you kind of got a combination of the old and the new. It's it's uh, really neat. You know, a lot of a lot of games do this. This is like Paladin's Quest does this and so on and so forth. But uh, they do it really well in, in this game in particular. And that's another thing I love about the game is the diversity of the characters. Um, and that's something I hated about Final Fantasy VIII is like all the characters are just high school kids. Uh, effectively, even your teacher is basically a high school kid. And none of them are unique in any way outside of one guy with like a face tattoo. Uh, they basically, you know, you got like the cowboy kid or the face tattoo kid and the kid that wears a trench coat. and But they're all people you know and i like you know even when final fantasy goes off the rails and makes something like quintus you know and you or like cat safe it's like yeah it's ridiculous and stupid but it's different you know i'm i'm i've got a character that can't possibly just be you know generic whatever like these others it's something this far right and this is a game that does that in spades i mean you've got everything from what appear to be humans i believe they are described as humans to androids to giant blue owl bird man that wields an axe to uh, effectively a namic priest you know um just all over the spectrum you know uh you have multiple androids you have uh ren and demi and rika is like a bioengineered human i think so yeah you've just got everything man you know uh outside of a dog you can always add a dog to a game and i'm always for that and there are except for the one dog quest where you find pork chop or whatever his name is there <laughs> there are no dogs the wanted board man <clears throat> Yeah. Hunter's Guild, yes. which is another amazing system. Which wasn't, you know, this it something, is, dude. Oh my god, it's so good. I'm just, like playing through that. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's not the end of the game. This isn't end game content. Like, I could just go around and do awesome quests in this awesome yeah. universe, like, without needing to finish a final boss first or something. I was like, it was so fun to do those things. There, there are only eight of them, mm-hmm. but still, like as you're able to complete them, like I would always check in and be like, anything new, anything new, you know, right. like, it was so invigorating. It was fun. And what we're talking about is there's this, uh, kind of a, almost a side quest system where you, you belong as Chaz and uh, Alice to something called the hunter's guild where people will hire you to do various jobs. Um, Han hires you in the beginning of the game to like, take him around and help him out and uh it's very funny but you can finally when you reach a do or a deo or whatever and you can get to the hunter guild proper they will have uh, jobs posted that you can do and yeah as alex mentioned there's only eight of them and that but they come out throughout the game and you'll be constantly going back and checking to see you know what jobs are available and and they're just these little fun side quests and you get like some amount of money and sometimes other incentives to do them but they're they're just really cool you know they have nothing to do with the story overall but they're they're fun to do man it's for flavor really Mm -hmm. you know like um especially the the most popular amongst them all i think that most people remember is the sandworm quest where you go to the the farmer's land there and uh, kill a sandworm and you know, like killing the sandworm itself gives a whole bunch of experience. Oh yeah. Like, um, yeah, funny story on that one. So the very first time I ever played this game and was going through that, 
I had every other member of my party die except Rika. I wasn't prepared for this fight, and at this point, I had just gotten her. She was, like, level two, right? Mm -hmm. And um, in this game, whenever a battle ends, the experience is divided evenly amongst the living characters uh -huh. you have remaining in the party yep. and here's this level two girl like everything's dead and i'm like crap if i take one more hit i'm gonna die so i just swung at the sandworm it must have been the last 0.001 percent of its health took it out and i immediately jumped from level two to like 13 or something ridiculous because <laughs> it'll just filter right into it yep and uh you know after that i just you know Killed everybody up and went on back to the Hunter's Guild, got my Masetta, which is money in this game. We haven't even mentioned that yet. And I was on to the next quest, you know. For sure. Yeah, that's a, a trick that, unfortunately, they don't do that as much anymore. That used to be pretty common with uh, RPGs. That's something I used to use in uh, Lunar when playing that, is I would kill everybody off except for, like, say, Alex or Kyle or whatever. And then uh, power level power level that guy <laughs> and get him to 99 within, like, you know, an hour or two uh, or close don't do enough. do that in this game. Why not? Are you not aware of the level 99 glitch no i'm not okay well um, never got to 99 so <laughs> reset to number one there were so many glitches in this game as i've mentioned and uh okay so this glitch there's no real rhyme or reason to it but if a character you get it doesn't matter what character i'm pretty sure like all of them it will work on if you grind long enough which is a lot knowing this game um, basically all of your character's stats will just kind of randomize oh, and wow. like some of them might be lower or higher and um, some of your abilities might like get lost or new ones might come in but basically um, it'll just like you know maybe Ren's defense will go down to like 2 but his attack will be like 12 like 999 or something like, you don't know it just spazzes out gives you a number and that's your level 99 hope you're happy with it oh man <laughs> they're not kind of, kind of also to note this is only on the original um okay. like cartridge so any iteration of this game because it has been re-released <laughs> yeah um, it has times. been released many times now um it's not a problem in those versions like okay it's been, fixed but the original one yep that could happen yeah i haven't played the original version in god i don't know how long um it's been like you said it's been re-released so many times it was on the ps2 which is i think the last time i played it um on the genesis collection for that it's on the ultimate genesis collection for the ps3 which is how i played it this go round, and it's on the one for the four as well um, that's how I played it. Yeah, and it's on a fucking like I was at some shitty it was like Dollar General or something, and they had like a a handheld that had like thirty Genesis games, and it was one of the thirty on that. So literally yeah, everywhere at this point. Wow. Yeah, it's one of those titles that is so revered now because it wasn't back then. Like when it <laughs> first came out, there were a lot of people that didn't care for this at all. But I think over time, it's become more of a revered title, like yeah. something to look back on fondly. And because of that, like anywhere that Sega could put their license on something, they're like, yeah, right. put it there, put it there, put it there, because they know it'll sell. So. Well, and 
at the time, I think, like I said, I think this came out in 94. We were pretty well, the majority of the United States anyway, was pretty well entrenched in the idea that Sega was shit and that Nintendo, Super Nintendo was far superior. In a lot of ways, that was true. And furthermore, this game cost like $100 at launch or some fool thing. I believe its initial release was like $100. Oh yeah. My God. Which... Um, my friend told me, shout out to Dave that introduced me to this, and his brother for that matter, for setting him down the right path so that I became an RPGer. Um, they said that they got it for $80. And that's back in... You know, $80 was worth more back then. Yeah, so you a lot more going. back then. Yeah. So yeah, they told me it was an eighty dollar pickup at the time. So Yeah, I paid I was like my mouth just dropped, like really? <laughs> I bought Corona Trigger for eighty dollars, but that was because I slipped twenty dollars extra to the store owner so that I could get it a week early. Um <laughs> Damn <bro. yeah. laughs> So I I paid eighty dollars for a Super Nintendo game, but I had reasons. There was no way. Like I remember at the time this dropped, and I had a Genesis, um, and, and a couple of games. You know, I'd like I'd played Shining Force uh, two and one, and really loved those. And uh, I'd tried the Shadowgate, and actually I didn't really fall in love with that game. Not Shadowgate, uh, Shadow Run. Uh, I'd, I'd played that, but I didn't fall in love with it till like a couple years later. And, you know, there were good games on the Genesis, and I had an affinity for it, but Fantasy Star, any of them, it wasn't until years later that I was like, gave them uh, the time of day, because on screen, if you put Chrono Trigger on one TV and you put Fantasy Star 4 on another, Chrono Trigger looks like the better game. Um, Absolutely. Not even even close, close, you know? Yeah. And you think, oh, well, this is just one of those shitty, gritty Sega games. When in reality, yeah, graphically, it's not quite as good in in that regard, sprite-wise. But the depth of gameplay and the story and, like you said, the cutscenes and even the music. A lot of people shit on music when it comes to Genesis games. But no, 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 no. This game had fantastic. It's, it's great. It's got incredible music. You know, With all- the exception of that one zone, <laughs> uh, what was it? I don't Nick know. ripped on it all the time, and I completely concur with him. I, <laughs> I'm not like sure. What dungeon you go into, it sounds like carnival music. It's just terrible. I don't but, remember, like, but I'm sure. You uh, yeah. made a um, you made that music episode one time, and I requested the uh, the end of the millennium. Sure. Boot this game up. Yeah, it's it's such a good song. Oh. Like anybody that's played it will hear those notes, and they'll like yeah. they'll know the rest of the song in oh. their head. It, it's it, yeah the opening credit music or whatever is so good and it's played a couple of times in the game as well but all the music um the the music for the inn is particularly annoying for me that i it's just like a really short loop so anytime i'm in an inn for any length of time it like really grates on me like i'm having to go through a large inn and talk to a lot of people but other than that like i'm pretty decent with all the music in this game um really superb and you know i don't want to say especially for the genesis because it gets shit on a lot a lot of people say the genesis has shitty music 
But that's uh, perpetrated largely because when you try and emulate, I think it was a Yamaha chip that was put into the Genesis units, and it's like unemulatable. Like you can't do the same sound from the original hardware onto emulated products up to and including the Genesis collections for the PS2 and the PS3. If you play it on the original, it will sound better than it does on those versions. Um, it still sounds fine on the PS3 collection. Like I, I still thought it was great, but I know that it sounds better on the original version. Uh, it gets a bad reputation for Genesis games sounding what is described as farty, which is kind of that metallic kind of you know sound that the Genesis had, which was perfect for any kind of actual metal songs and stuff. It sounded really great with stuff like that, but not quite as good for things like stringed instruments and stuff. Um, if you're going for a more melodic like something like Chrono Trigger might produce or Final Fantasy 3 slash 6. Um, yeah. Luckily, this game had a lot more um, synthesized sounds and a yeah. lot of bassy sounds because of its uh, its nature. But, you know, I thought that this game's music, sound effect-wise, was pretty good in that regard. It's, it's incredible. Uh, the game is, all, all around, one of my absolute favorite RPGs of all time like it probably is at the low end of the top 10 rpgs of all time for me but it's it's in there this this game's incredible um the others in the series not quite as much i would argue that uh if you're gonna play any any of the first four you four is the one to play um after that i would probably say two but expect to grind an awful lot um then I would go with one and then three, I think. Mm. Um, one. How high are they up to now? Uh, there's these four, and then they went into the Fantasy Star Onlines, and that oh, is, okay. they never did Fantasy another. Fantasy Star Online, Fantasy Star Online 2, Blue Shift, um, Fantasy Star Universe, yeah. and thank God they kind of called it quits there because Universe was really bad. <laughs> I wish they would go back to this model, just like I do with Shining Force. Uh, or in the just break. once, right? Just, yeah, come on. You know, <laughs> just please, come on, once. Just it, like we're waiting for Chrono Break still, you know? Uh, like, come on, just, just once. <laughs> it seems like Sega would, you know, especially in this renaissance we're in right now with um, all these old-school-style games yeah. coming back, is like Sega would, you know, maybe put the hand on the chin and go, hmm, you know, what was really popular and what we, you know, is making us a lot of money even still, these Fantasy Star and these uh, Shining Force games. Maybe if we went back and, I mean, for Shining Force, the, the big no-brainer would be to release Shining Force 3 again with all three parts in a singleton collection. I mean, god damn, just do that. <laughs> Yep. I still yeah. haven't played that game. My and God, because I love Shining Force series, and I've never been able to get my oh hands my on God. a decently priced Saturn or any hardware. I'm. Play it. If you yeah. lived closer, I would let you borrow mine. It is so <laughs> fucking good. James and I reviewed that game, and I was just, I was for years. I put it off because I was like, surely the 3D aspect is gonna make it, you know, less than, but. No man, that game is awesome. It it Dude, might even I be. Want to play it. It might oh. be my favorite Shining Force. I think it is. It is. It was great, um, and I love Shining Force too. So that's saying a fucking lot. And then Fantasy Star, you know, it's like Fantasy Star Four is so fucking good and it has so many fans. Why don't you just 
I mean, just make Fancy Star 5, Sega. I mean, how much could it game, possibly cost? Yeah. <laughs> a game like this is so um, revered in the underground that it would actually like make headline video game news, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it wouldn't be as easy as, like, say, Final Fantasy VII. Like, you know, they announced the remake of that, and, like, everybody already knew about it. But yeah. when there's one of those titles that's, like, so revered by the... Like, as a cult classic, like... Yeah you know, all the people that love that game that it's special to are going to get all over the message boards and everything and be like, guys, this game is finally getting remade. And, you know, it just sparks interest and it snowballs from there. So, like, it's definitely a big enough, um, you know, name brand to, I think, start something in 100%. development. But but I guess they're thinking otherwise so far. So. I don't... I. I don't get Sega at all. They've got these two great franchises and they and they've milked them to death. I mean, they they've made other games, but they aren't the games and, and they they did the same thing with Sonic, right? It's like they made Sonic 1, 2 and 3, Sonic CD, and then they go to Sonic Adventure and it's like Sonic this, and Knuckles. Yeah, Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> sure, we'll throw that in there. But um the 2D Sonics, everyone loved. And then they went to 3D, and they were kind of like, eh, I'm kind of off it a little bit. And they're still making Sonic games, but they fucking suck. And then they went back, and like a fan actually made, what was it, Sonic Mania, which is basically a callback to these old, you know, 2D Sonic games. And it was gangbusters. Yeah. It was like their biggest fucking game in like two decades. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's absolutely oh. fantastic. And right. It's really glad to hear it because... Um, I was somebody that had been able to play episode four, they called it, on the Wii. Okay. For Sonic, they're like, Sonic's finally side-scrolling again, let's try it. And I was like, man, this just doesn't feel the same. Like, there's something about it. And, like, you can't you can't fake it, you know? And I feel like that's what they were doing. They were just, like, pushing out something to be like, hey, here's another game for all you nostalgic people that wanted this. But, like, if you don't put your heart into making it, like... It's we're it gonna shows. know the difference, yeah. you know. Like it, it right away after like a level or two, you're like, eh, it's side scrolling, it's Sonic, but it just doesn't feel the same, right? But the the point being is, you know, that thing did so well. Maybe they should like think, okay, maybe going backwards is gonna push us forwards and make us a lot of money because they keep re-releasing the stuff. Mega Man. Yeah, exactly. And they're still producing those, and people are still loving them. Love it every time. Yeah, if, if Sega were to announce tomorrow that Shining Force Four was coming out, or that Fantasy Star Five was coming out, it would it would be uh, on the top page of Kotaku. You know, and they, everyone would be talking about it. They probably capture a whole new audience too. They capture us oh, for older, sure. older guys. We have money, and we, we <laughs> we're the ones that buy those things. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But I mean, it would also sell to the younger kids. I mean, look at Octopath. I mean, it's it's yeah. doing like big numbers, and it's basically an old style RPG. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get Sega at all. They made you know they're like one of my favorite game producers console makers everything and they've made so many fucking mistakes it's unreal that they're still around because i mean how do you live through and you know you know me guys listening the the sega cd i love it it is a terrible system overall it really only has five or six games that are worth playing and i own Mm -hmm. most of the library um 
but it's terrible. And then the thirty two X, you know, same thing. Like I would argue, a lot of people say there's a couple of good games on there. I argue there's nothing worth owning on the thirty two X. There's no RPGs. There's. Some, Dude, I was so excited to try out some titles on that thing. I finally got my hands on one. I never owned it myself, but I was like, "All right, let's see what this is all about." And man, I think there was like a Doom title I played. Yeah, on it. and it's worse and, than the Super Nintendo version. Right. I was like, man, I could just go back and play this on the computer again and enjoy Doom, and instead right. I'm playing it on here, and it feels like trash. I'm like, so what was the point of getting this hardware and this game developed if it's like? not going to exceed expectations you know the only game i've ever heard that is the best version on the 32x is uh whatever star wars game that is i think uh the original rogue i have Squadron heard something. something about that yeah that i've heard that that is the definitive version but whatever you're looking at one game good on you um yeah and then the saturn which is again it's one of my absolute favorite systems but it's literally for under 10 games you know it's like the system that was competing against the playstation which has easily a hundred like really good games for it and the saturn has 10 or 15 you know that i was and a terrible controller it depends. I don't know. I like the Saturn controller. Uh, really? Oh, I yeah. thought it was pretty lame. It, the system itself wasn't marketed very sexily. No. Uh, like, just the look of the system. Like, you look at that console and you're like, man, is this some leftover record player from the 80s that my parents had or something? Like, you <laughs> It know, does like, look like a giant brown brick. Big, big black box, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of like, all right, like... You look at an N64 or PlayStation 1 of the same era, and you're like, hell yeah, let me play that game, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it, it it does have good games for it, but yeah, they're just, they're few and far between. And, uh, like, a lot of the versions of the, the games on the Saturn uh, are better on PlayStation. There are a few that are actually better on Saturn, Um I know that allegedly Symphony of the Night's better on Saturn though I get to play it. Well, no, it's it's more content. There's more content, but it's much worse. The way it plays and looks is apparently much worse. But there's uh the the more content in quotations is I think there's an additional room and at if you beat the game you can play as Maria, which you can also do on the PSP version. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're going to play any version of that, play on that or the upcoming release, which will also have Maria as a playable character in the whatever. It's supposedly... The Rondo of Blood and yeah, yeah. Night combo. That looks good. Yeah, that's much better. Um, Saturn, like, I've heard that Street Fighter 2, the movie, the game, is better on Saturn than it is on um, PlayStation. And I have played the Saturn version, and it, like, plays really well. So I was really surprised with that. I, in fact, I own that. Of course I do. And... Uh, um, you know, it, it's got Shining Force 3, even though it only has the fucking first chapter of it. God, that game is so good. And Panzer Dragon Saga, that is the only way you will ever be able to play Panzer Dragon Saga. Sega is never going to remake that game. So either you emulate it or you play it on uh, the Saturn. You know, you pay your little $600 or whatever it's up to now. I think it's close to six seven hundred dollars for a copy of that now and it's ridiculous yeah well they they at sega announced they said well guys we lost the source code we we uh would literally have to remake the entirety of the game to release it and they're not going to do that 
That's, nope. <laughs> so if you want to play Panzer Dragon Saga, I guess you'd better fucking emulate or buy a I copy never, like I did. I never played the original, but I did play Dra uh, Panzer Dragon Orta on the yeah. Xbox One, I believe. No, yeah. regular Xbox. First Xbox. So, um... I, I was interested to see what the hype of that game was about. But. And that's a beautiful game, and it plays amazing, and you can actually unlock the original Panzer Dragoon on that version. But Oh, really? Yeah, if you beat the game, you can unlock uh, Panzer Dragoon, this original Saturn version, and you can play it on uh, Panzer Dragoon Orta. But you had uh, Panzer Dragoon, Panzer Dragoon 2, and Orta, which were all flying simulation on-rail shooters, and they're all they're all great. Okay, if you like those type of games, they're amazing, and yeah, I love them all. Really, they they all truly good games. But P Panzer Dragoon Saga is an R RPG, <laughs> and it's it's a really fucking good RPG with like amazing visuals and an intriguing storyline and uh, customization of your dragon and stuff. It's so cool and unique and. The only way you can play it is if you play it on a goddamn Saturn or if you emulate it. And if you try and emulate a Saturn, it's got all kinds of problems. James and I have been through this before. It's tough to emulate certain games and you'll have various glitches and stuff. And, you know, they've gotten better at it, but they're still not 100% perfect. Um, yeah. I'm still waiting for that guy, James. I sent you the video. It's been, what, two years ago now that he figured out how to, uh, through the sound card, uh, upload games into the Saturn directly to where you could play ROMs on your Saturn and that still hadn't come to fruition and I was thinking I've got a Saturn that the uh, laser disc doesn't work on it and if I could get if he comes out with that then I can hook that into that one and send it on to Alex and he'd be able to play Shining Force 3 finally <laughs> yes do that <laughs> I mean I can't do anything else with it. it. Well, I mean, find that guy and tell him, hey, man, what's going on with this project? You said, you know, two years ago you'd have this thing up and running and it still ain't here. Because if, if that comes up and running, I'll buy multiples of those because the one major problem with the Saturn that's happening right now, and it's also happening with other older systems like the Sega CD and so on and so forth. Is, out, right? Yeah. The laser lens, the, the I mean, the, there's mm. actual mechanics inside these things that are like, you know, small moving parts and stuff and they're dying, you know? And when they die, um, things like the Sega CD, you know, you can emulate that on a PC 100% and it's well-preserved and so on and so forth things like the saturn were not because of the multiple processors that were put in the thing to make it mm -hmm. actually be able to render 3d to the extent that it could etc etc it's incredibly hard to emulate for and you know as these small parts die out there aren't replacement parts unless you rape them off of another system you know and uh <laughs> they're never going to remake Saga and that's why the price just keeps going up and up and up because the only way to really truly play it is uh, on original hardware and you know I've I've heard that it is uh, one of the ones that is relatively glitch free through emulation so maybe look into that I don't know about Shining Force 3 but man what a good game that is you should play it <laughs> I want to <laughs> 
I, I really wanted to figure out a way for you to be able to play it and send it to you so you could join us on that show. But I was looking into it and I was like, nah, it's going to cost me at least 50 bucks to, to do anything. Uh, yeah. I was like, nah, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Even the copy I, I own that. is missing the, uh, the back cover. Uh, I got my copy for $70 and I thought I was like, Oh, I got a really good deal. And I bought it at a convention and I didn't even like flip it over to look at the back. And it turned out that, uh, the back wasn't cover complete, was huh? yeah wasn't complete it had the manual and the disc and that was oh, yeah, it yeah. i was like well at least it plays uh, yeah so how much did you pick up fantasy star 4 for uh which version like the well, original is it worth it right i mean well <laughs> well yeah. did you own it as an original copy you know at one point i did um i don't own it for the original genesis at the moment because uh I had it and it was still relatively high for the Genesis when it got re-released on the PS2 and the PSP for the Genesis 2 collection I think it was and I sold it at the time because I was like I had the mentality at the time and I no longer have this mentality that I didn't need to own a game for multiple systems so I think I bought the Genesis collection for like 40 bucks or whatever it was and then sold my copy of Fantasy Star 4 for 40 bucks and was like, ha, 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 you know, in my mind, <laughs> I won because I got the game plus all these other games. And ha, ha, you know, it was, yeah, dumb of me. But no, I, I wouldn't pay. I don't know what the original Fantasy Star goes for on um, Genesis. I haven't looked that up. I would imagine it's still in the 30 to $40 range despite having be re-released like in infantum um but yeah 1000 percent worth owning and like we were talking about earlier it's on everything you can play this on everything it's even on ios at this point right um i wouldn't recommend it yeah yeah it's no, one i think it's part two just part oh is it just part two? Oh, okay mm-hmm. it will be soon <laughs> yeah but um so i just booted up real quick uh ebay here to check it out it looks like there are some undisclosed condition versions for like fifty-ish dollars, but there's an a, a complete like you know as close to ten out of ten version you could find going for about ninety-five dollars. Jeez. Um, I'm seeing another one for a hundred. I'm seeing a cartridge only for forty. So, yeah, I mean, these are ranging somewhere in that range, you know, like 40 for a cartridge or close to 100 for complete. I don't know. It's on so many other systems now, on so many other collections. That's, that's my point. Like, I'm a collector, first and foremost, but, you know, I own this game on uh, multiple collections at this point. And I would just say pick it up on any of those, although maybe the definitive way to play it is on the Genesis because you do get the mm-hmm. original music but then Alex also brought up these glitches that only appear on the original version so maybe not um, maybe picked up a pick up a fixed version or whatever it, well you know another thing is like if you're going to use an emulator and like use a fast forwarding kind of button you're going to miss a lot of the charm of the game like true. actually hearing the music properly and actually needing to go through the fights instead of just hitting like a macro with all like pro tip if you're gonna play this game set up one of your macros that's just all your characters attacking so you don't have to like click 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 every time you go through i think that's set up for you when you start the game 
Yeah, so we'll make sure you keep it instead of overriding it, I guess is a better <laughs> way of saying it. Yeah. But, um, like, definitely go about doing that. Um, yeah, it saves a lot of time. and <sighs> um, Definitely, definitely 1,000% worth owning. I don't know that I would pay $100 for a complete copy of this game unless I'm the most devout of, like, Genesis collectors or whatever. If I just absolutely have to have that original version, like... I don't know, but it is it is definitely worth owning, and you can get it for next to nothing. Like it's part of so many collections. Although it is absent on the uh, Game Boy Advance version, which when I first saw, I bought it like sight unseen. I was I just read Fantasy Star Collection, and I was like, yeah, give me that right there. And I bought it and brought it home, and I was expecting to play Fantasy Star Four, and it just was like, nope, just the first three. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I also recommend buying that. I'm not sure how much that thing's worth, but it's, you know what? Don't buy that. It's probably like $80 or something because uh, Game Boy Advance is like real weird and high right now for reasons unknown. Systems do that. They, they go in these like, they get to their height whenever um, the people who played them as children become right around 30. And right now, Game Boy Advance and, like, PlayStation, Saturn era, N64 era stuff is all, like, ridiculously high-priced. And the NES is starting to fall off a bit because the people that were interested in buying that have bought it. And a lot of them are now selling it because they're getting into their 40s and 50s. And they're like, I really don't need this copy of Little Samson or whatever. Right, dude. Yeah, I'm telling you. You ever look at a price of, like, a Nintendo 64 controller? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous, man. Like, I swear, there's a third-party, like, market for that right now to just produce controllers for the nation that, like, need them because the joysticks go bad all the time. And, yeah. Like, they get broken. It's like, man, the, so, the price could... The, the supply and demand is not right for that right now. Well, they break so easily, and for the longest time, like, I've known that since the infancy of the N64, and as a result, I think I own... I don't know, close to 20 in 64 controllers. Um, because anytime I'm just looking at my wall of controllers over here, anytime I'd go to like a swap meet or a thrift store, if I saw an N64 controller, I just bought it, even though, you know, it's like, well, whatever, five bucks. Yeah, I'll buy it. So Hell I've got yeah. just a plethora <laughs> yeah. of N64 and I don't even play in 64. So <laughs> it's just one of those things, but yeah, I've got, and not not like rare ones like I don't have the atomic purples or anything like the majority of the ones I have are like the classic gray and so on and so forth but I've got a few of the weird ones but you know nothing crazy like the Pikachu controller or, or any of the gold or whatever but yeah uh, I find them I buy them so. and that's true to this day if I walk into a thrift store tomorrow and they've got a case of them and they're like yeah you know five bucks each I'm yeah I'll just buy them all and <laughs> I it. don't need any of them when's the last time I've even played in 64 actually we play every year uh, me and the kid and the wife uh, around Christmas we all get together and play uh, Mario Kart and Mario Party and stuff and it's a lot of fun ah, well I don't have anything else to say I do okay let's, show. let's hear it can I talk about one more part of the game you can talk about Please. anything you want to talk about Awesome. Okay, actually, it's going to ruin a bit for James come to think of it. <laughs> no, go ahead. He's fine. You sure? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, way back at the beginning of this, I was saying about how like games nowadays are very tutorialized and like help guide you through the process of doing everything. Back then, there were like 
script ups where if you did something wrong, like you might just mess up entirely and like the game will kill you or whatever. Sure. Um, so um, toward the end of the game, there's like when you're going through the uh, the buildup for the final battle, you kind of have an option to go out of your way to this like very, very far out planet um, called Rykros. Let's assume um, it's Pluto in our solar system. Like it's way the hell out there. It's like a myth, right? So you get all the way out there and you walk around this weird planet you land on and there's like this spirit that will find you when you go into one of the temples that you find um, on this planet. And he winds up presenting you with um, Alice, the one that died. Right. I know what you're talking about. You remember this now? Yeah. Yeah. So it becomes this, um, this crazy, like emotional built up moment where like everyone goes away and it's just you and Alice or you, I say um, Chaz, like your main character at this point, like standing across from each other and you begin to fight and like, she could really kick your ass too, but you will eventually win. Like it's, it's kind of a predetermined battle, but um, you find out that you're in this place called the temple of anger. So, um, after you defeat her, like the spirit presents this option to you. And he's like, you know, I have the power to, to make this anger that you have into a technique that you could use to like, you know, win and do all this crazy, powerful Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, do you want to learn it? And if you say, yeah, he's like, well, in that case, (laughs) you're an asshole and I don't want to give it to you because you're not worthy of, you know, wielding this incredible power in the universe, et cetera, et cetera. And he literally starts to battle you himself without any prompt. Like you don't have an option in this. And he literally just beats the shit out of you. I don't care what level you are. Like yeah. this guy will just level you and there's not a thing you could do about it. However, if you if you're like no, I don't need it, then he's like, oh okay, here, and then you learn like the best spell in the game, and oh. you know like, and then, and then he's like, all right, bye, go have fun, save the universe, <laughs> and he just walks exactly. away. And I'm like, these creators of this game, like the devs, were just pure evil right here. Like, I love the flavor <laughs> of it and everything. Like, it was really good, but at the same time, they're like. No, we're just gonna make them die and go to the game over screen and make them reload like and they didn't save too long ago and then they're gonna come back and give the other answer and then they'll know right but it's like cruel no, no game nowadays is ever gonna pull that kind of a stunt on you you know yeah so it's just one of those like charming little things but super great yeah ballsy so my advice is when you get there just just say, say no learn it pretend you're in <laughs> there right before you do it save right before you do it and then have him kick your ass <laughs> yeah you, you can't win that fight he has infinite hp if i remember correctly it's kind of like the fight with the uh the trees does he have infinite HP? i think he does I yeah i don't know anybody that's ever even been able to contest him i think people could cast things to, like protect themselves for one turn <laughs> at most if he doesn't level you right away i think it's like the, the follow-up uh, like you will die like there's no way I think he instantly gains back any HP that you deal uh, damage-wise to him at the beginning of his turn. Um, Same with the the trees where you free what's-her-face. 
Oh, that yeah, the trees that regenerate. Mm-hmm. It's the same. I think it's the same type of code too, where it's like you literally can't win. Yeah, that fight's annoying too. That's another one where like you get in this fight, you're supposed to like go to the, go to this castle or whatever, and there there's these trees that you ultimately have to like burn down using a holy torch you or have holy to fire. Go to the air castle, which <laughs> is the curse word of the entire game. Like, yeah, there's it's no pretty annoying. More annoying to go than the air castle. Like James, when you get there, just like, oh god it is just misery <laughs> that is the one zone where you just don't want to be ever it's pretty but annoying you gotta do it so but uh, yeah before that though before you actually get the eternal flame to burn down these trees to get to whatever it is um you save this girl from being attacked by the trees that goes by herself she's a esper and she's trying to get there to get some kind of medicine to save the people including Raja, excuse me, and um, yeah, you can't you can't get past. You have to you get in this battle, and every time you kill a head, it just grows right back. And there are like, if you read the forums online, there are people that like spent hours fighting this. And I believe I was one of these people as a kid. I can remember <laughs> fighting this for like ever. I got it. I got it. Yeah, because you get down to, like, your last, like, healing items, and it's not a particularly hard fight. It just keeps going and going, and you're like, okay, kill this head, and it comes back, and kill this head, and it comes back. And the the choice is to run away. As soon as you run away, you get a cutscene with, hey, thanks for saving me, and all this shit. But it doesn't tell you, it doesn't hold your hand and say, like, oh, you can't possibly beat it. Or it may mention it casually, but, yeah. And it's just another thing to love about the game. They kind of hint at you. It's like, they'll give you a subtle hint, but you won't connect the dots until after you've performed the action. So... In that sense, it's way better than a game like Star Tropics was, where it's like, hey, we're not going to tell you shit, and they kick you in the ass until you, like, finish, yeah, you know? Don't but get this game, Star Tropics. <laughs> this, this game is much better at letting you figure things sure. out on your own. How there and it is, feels rewarding when you do figure it out. Right. You know? How there's anyone that can still defend Star Tropics. Like, I get that it was kind of innovative for... Okay, um, once again, I'm sorry for the abrupt nature of the ending of this episode. Uh, it was not planned that way. It is what it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, normally, I take into account the fact that I only have about a, an hour and a half worth of recording time on the SD card that I use for my recording device. But this time, you know, we got to discussing all kinds of manner of things, and time got away from us, as is wont to do when some people come together and they talk about something they're passionate about, like Fantasy Star 4, which is, of course, an incredible game, one thousand percent worth it i don't know you know i didn't really review the ending of the episode of what we did catch but we were all in unanimous agreement that this is an amazing game you should get it any way you can although i would suggest the ps3 ps2 or ps4 versions of the game um the original genesis game did have some glitches as i believe we did discuss within the episode and it got you know it, you did hear that part i believe as far as uh game ending glitches that alex brought up and uh, so so forth um if you want to reach me you can reach me at retrokel that's k-h-e-l on twitter you can write me at simon belmont at outlook.com that's simon not simon with an e not a no um you can reach james moholland on twitter at james moholland or you can read him at 
reach him at goodbuddyjames at gmail.com. You can find us both at RetroGameCore, that's C-O-R-P-S, Dot com. I believe that is still up. I haven't checked it in for frickin' ever. We have a Facebook website, um, Is It Worth It Podcast. Uh, we have some interaction there. I have a Instagram that you can check me out at, at RetroBlaineJ. That's spelt as you might think, B-L-A-I-N-E-J-A-Y. Um, yeah, we, we're, we're found virtually anywhere. If you type in uh, the Retro RPG Podcast, you're going to find links to find some way to reach us. We're really easily accessible. Um, we did discuss, discuss excuse me, off-air the fact, uh, like, what we're going to play next. James is wanting to play something on the 3DS. I don't know if it caught it or not, but my recently my 3DS was kind of destroyed in that the, my top screen is just completely not working. But we reached an agreement on, you know, he wanted to play a game that he could play at school and whatnot on his 3DS that he recently acquired. And uh, I said, you know, we could do Ocarina of Time, which I think a lot of you are going to be like, oh, Ocarina of Time, I want to hear about that. So, yeah, great. Uh, we're going to be doing that game. I'm probably going to be playing the Master Edition that's on the GameCube, whereas James is going to be playing the 3DS version so if you want to play along with us love to hear any questions or whatever you might have to have about that game um or just you know anecdotes or you know experiences with having played the game uh it it's widely debated whether this or uh, zelda 3 on the super nintendo are the best zeldas ever made i kind of lean towards zelda 3 myself but Maybe I'll change my mind on this playthrough. You never know. Anyway, um, thanks everyone for listening. If you want to reach Alex, our guest, um, he is regularly in the Discord that um, I am also regularly in. I, I talk there nearly every day. If you want to reach me, you can just find me there. And you can find that by going to the RPG Show's website. They're basically our sister station at this point. And they have a website in which they have affiliate links and stuff to all the different stuff they do. Um, one of which being the Discord. As I said, rather than building my own Discord, I was just like, why don't I just jump on the bandwagon and send people there so that we can all just be, you know, this big RPG community uh, talking about all the games we love from the past and whatnot. And yeah, you can find uh, links there and uh, come join. Tomorrow we've got a. I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 people at this point that are regularly posting on that thing. It's uh, it's really turned into something a lot bigger than what I thought it would ever be. And it's really great. So, uh, yeah, until then, keep it retro. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.